am Lisa Davis, and I am so excited to be sharing with you a wonderful interview that I did live in New York City with the fantastic Scott Foley. Now, Scott Foley is best known for his starring roles on TV's Felicity, Scandal, and now the new ABC show, Whiskey Cavalier, has joined to Sorrow and the Not On My Watch movement to highlight the important role care partners play in the lives of women with recurrent ovarian cancer and to empower them to take an informed and active role in managing this devastating disease. As part of the movement, Scott stars in a new PSA that reveals for the first time his personal story of caring for his late mother during her time with recurrent ovarian cancer when treatment options were limited. Scott is encouraging our listeners to view and share the PSA, which can be found at notonmywatch.com. For every share of the PSA, Tassaro will donate $5 to ovarian cancer patient organizations and support group programs. We're going to join the conversation right now. I'm here with Scott Foley, which is fantastic. You are indeed. It's very exciting. Thank and you. we're talking about Not On My Watch. We are talking about Not On My Watch. And it's very important. And when they asked me to do this, I was really excited because I, like you, also lost my mother to ovarian cancer. You did. I did when I was 28. So it's been, well, if I tell you not how old I am. Okay, fine. No. It's been 23 years. I get it. And, but I want to hear about your story. And it's really hard. And there wasn't a lot. So talk to us about your situation. I'm so, it's, you know, it's, it's a, um, I'm so glad you told me that. It is a, uh, something that, you know, a lot of people have cancer, lose parents to cancer, uh, but it's rare I think there's only been a handful of times where people have said the same thing happened to them that happened to me, the same kind of right. cancer. Um, you know, everybody, there's breast cancer and there's, a, you know, pancreatic cancer, all this stuff, but but um, I don't know what it is about ovarian cancer that seems, probably because it's so personal, seems so much worse to me. Right. Um, my mom, all right, so I'll tell you the story. We, sure. we had moved to St. Louis, Missouri a couple years prior to her getting sick. Uh, we we moved around a bunch, so we were a really close family unit, you know, always sort of relying on one another. And we were young enough that when she first got cancer, uh, there was they our parents sat my brothers and myself down. Uh, I was the oldest, I think, my and we're two years apart, um, and told us. And I don't know if we really explained it, uh, really understood what they were explaining to us, but the. Um, the overall conversation was, mommy's gonna be very tired. Mom's not gonna be able to do everything she did, she has been doing. Um, she's gonna be fine. Uh, and she was for a while. She, you know, you didn't, she went through surgery, she had a, had a hysterectomy almost right away. Um, and they were pretty aggressive with chemotherapy and radiation. So she was tired a lot, in bed a lot, but you know, we were going to school and kids, we, right. you know, we'd hear from parents and they'd all give us the, I'm so sorry, mom, you know, you heard about your mom and, and we didn't, uh, think that much about it. You say, thank you, or I know, and sort of move on. And, uh, after the first round of procedures, you know, the margins were good with the hysterectomy and the chemotherapy seemed to be doing good and everything was responding to radiation that after, I think it was after a year, maybe 18 months, she was fine. They said they got oh, it all. Wow. She was still tired, but she right. was back to having lunch with friends and you know volunteering, doing everything she did with us, taking us to school. Um, and it wasn't 
it wasn't a year later that I remember things got more serious and they sat us down again and uh, you know because the the transition from hey mom's sick to hey she's okay now was oh this is just how it works everything works right. out and there's not a problem and the second conversation was uh, it came back we don't know what happened I remember my mom being uh, I think for lack of a better word devastated she was she was um, visibly shaken and uh, and great with us about trying to explain what was happening and they got it once they're gonna get it again and they were very positive but the shift in uh, as a child as a you know 12 13 year old I could notice the the shift in uh, severity with regards to the way they spoke about it and the just the general feeling of unease and being on edge in the house. My parents were, uh, they were always great together and great with us, but there was a, a distance uh, between them and us now as they were sort of the adults, oh, yeah. I guess, tasked with dealing with this and the responsibility of uh, taking care of, you know, because my dad was still working, uh, oh, yeah. but the responsibility of taking care of my mom and then my little brothers uh, fell to me. Um, as the oldest and you know how do you take care of your little brothers you just don't push them around as much you know <laughs> it's hard to right. do um, uh, you make sure they stay quiet when mom's back in the dark bedroom because she can't get up because she's you know hurting or in pain and um, and during this time she was going through chemotherapy again she spent a lot of time at the hospital between the hospital and the bedroom she was almost never out of her room uh, so we got good at uh, being quiet and not bothering mom or if we needed something from the medicine cabinet tiptoeing through and giving her a kiss on the cheek and leaving her alone right. um, she never ate dinners with us anymore we bring it back to her uh, and it, it got to the point where after about a year of this nothing was working and my father was driving to work one day he worked uh, uh, for Ralston Purina downtown it was like a 20 minute commute and he was listening to talk radio and there was a <clears throat> there was a doctor being interviewed the doctor worked at uh, a hospital in Philadelphia and um, this doctor was experimenting with some really uh, high-powered chemotherapy like high doses of right. chemotherapy and so instead of going through the radio station he called this doctor directly and the doctor thought my mom would be a good candidate for what he was trying and so about nine months before she passed we shipped my mom to Misericordia Hospital in mm -hmm. Philadelphia to work with this doctor and, and do everything that we could to right. keep her alive. She had, she had lost a ton of weight. You know, I remember uh, still trying to live a normal life and going to summer camp and uh, mm -hmm. mom showing up fresh off chemotherapy, bald heads, and it was, a, it was an all-boys camp and everyone oh my goodness. looked and stared and what's wrong, what happened? It's a hard thing to try to explain when you're 13 years old, 14 years old, to a bunch of other 13 and 14 year old kids. You know? Oh yeah. Um, but she was in this hospital getting this extra high experimental dose of, of chemotherapy. And my dad would go every weekend to visit her. We'd have a, you know, a nanny or someone stay with us. Uh, and it was tough, but I still don't think we ever thought that she wouldn't be around, that she was gonna die. 
And we went to visit her for Thanksgiving and had a Thanksgiving dinner in the hospital, which is a bizarre thing if you've never done it. I don't recommend yeah, it. Yeah, But, I'm uh, sure. you know, like microwaving turkey in the little, <laughs> uh, you know, strange little kitchen they've got there for people. And, yeah. Um, and that was, and she passed, that was the last time I saw her. And she oh, passed away so four months later, uh, three months later. Um, and it was a... Uh, it was a I think it was a sh- such a shock because as much as they told us about uh, her being sick her uh, cancer and I knew uh, about oncologists and chemotherapy and radiation before any of my friends right. could, before I could spell the words. Right. Um, she, we were never told that she might die. And I, uh, it, it was, for me, the beginning of a, uh, a personally tough period. I remember um, sort of separating from my family, trying to you know, you want to be there as much as you can. But my dad was a fucking wreck. Oh God, I'm just sure. a wreck. I remember really? looking for him one night, like Dad, where you know I needed help with homework or something, and going in, and he was just balled up, laying down. It's so hard. Sorry. No, laying please, down I'm tearing up. On the floor of his closet. Um, it was. It was. Uh, it's not something that I uh, think about often. Um, and it was it was the beginning of a, a tough time for our relationship. Look at fifteen year old kid going through this and going through adolescence at the same time, trying to figure out how to be cool and still deal with a family grieving. Of course. And uh, but it was it was uh, this is gonna sound so strange. Mm. It was the I wouldn't be where I am today. Right if my mom hadn't died. You wouldn't care what I had to say about it if my mom hadn't died. And I know that sounds strange and, uh, and callous, but uh, because of that, um, and because of the hard time that it put our family through, uh, I left home at an early age. My dad and I didn't talk for a long time. Um, uh, I was estranged from my brothers for a little bit, just, just because things were tough, because we didn't, we were a family of four men living in a house together. And men don't, uh, you know, as much as I, I talk about this character I play, wearing his heart on his sleeve, oh, yeah, men don't, that. we don't talk about this kind of stuff. You know, we, we the house became uh, a different place without a, a woman there to sort of take care of us or be our mom or, or be what we needed her to be. And, uh, and because of that, because it's such a strange thing, like because she passed away, because I went through such a hard time, had she not, I would have done what all my friends did. I would have applied to colleges and gone to college and spent four years going to college doing something that probably didn't make me happy and hasn't right. made most of my friends happy, you know? Sure. And, and um, But I didn't, and I, because I, I couldn't. I couldn't afford it. My dad wasn't gonna help me. We were, we were not talking, not in contact at all. Um, I packed up everything I had and I moved to Los Angeles. And you knew you wanted to act? I'd always wanted to act. I'd always been an actor. I'd always oh, okay. uh, done high school plays, theater, community theater. 
Um, but it was, it was, it's so strange how, and again, my brothers are probably going to read this and be like, how can you say that, uh, not that mom dying made your life better, but it, it, better is not the right That's, word. Yeah, I know it, mean, it, put me on a path that I would not have been on before. And I am forever grateful yes. for it, which is a strange thing to say. But, uh, but here we are. I mean, my mom was at stage three to four. They gave her a month to live. She lived When she and, found out? Yeah. They oh, gave, Jesus. She lived two and a half years, but she did uh, six abdominal surgeries. 27 chemos. Her bed was covered with every Chinese medicine, Western, like everything yes. you can imagine. My mom went through that too. She was she like, was... I will not die. This is, this is not. And just to see someone go through all that and, and still pass is really heartbreaking. I remember sitting on my bed with her and doing these visual, visualization exercises right. that she worked on. And she, she yeah. said, what I do is I take a deep breath in and I imagine that breath going to where the cancer is and it surrounds it right. and I hold it there. And then I breathe it out. And every time I breathe it out, a little bit of it goes away. And I, I sat there with her and thought like, wow. I don't know, I'm kind of sore from baseball. Maybe I'll breathe it. You know, you, <laughs> whatever the hell you do. Right. Just to spend time with of her. Of course. Um, but you just, um, I, I, I don't think I recognized the, uh, the, the, the place where we were at. I don't think I knew that we were trying to save a life. Right. You know? Well, yeah. I think we were just trying sense. to get somebody better. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of had that feeling like she's going to get through all this and then she'll be mom again. Yeah. Instead of like, wait, where'd she go? Yeah. What's going on? My yeah. mom had a history of health issues my whole childhood, just different things and autoimmune diseases and stuff. So she'd always been ill. So that when you talked about That's that tough. quiet room, I'm like, oh yeah. You we know were. The quiet room. Yeah. It's strange. That was my childhood, the quiet room. And I kept thinking, one of these days, every year, I'd wish on my birthday that my mom would be well. And so I was like, one of these years, one of these years, it's going to happen. And then it hurt to be 56 and die. I was like, that's, this, tough. that's not right. That's, tough. That wasn't supposed to But look, that you know, that's, that's sort of so bizarre. what we're here talking about is right. that this was, this was 19, for me, it was 1988. Yeah, mine was 95. But even still, like, we're... There wasn't... The, 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 we were told... This is all we can do. Right. We think we got it. Now we just got to wait and see. Mm. And that's, uh, I get it. At a certain point, you know, they've done all they feel that they can do. But uh, we, we're at a place, you know, I talked to my dad uh, about it more recently, probably five or six years ago. And there was something, I, I forget what it was, something about a news story about talcum powder being the cause. Oh. Have you heard of baby yes. powder being the cause of ovarian cancer, and I remember, I think I brought it up to him, because my dad was part of a generation raised in an age where there was always a big bottle of Johnson & Johnson's baby powder, oh, yeah. and it was everywhere. I remember the sound of my dad putting it on in the morning. You know, it's so strange. Right. And that smell. I, I, it's still... I love it. It's still there. It still right. reminds me. It, it's got this, um, uh, I don't know, this sense memory right. thing. Um, and... But I, I asked him, I was like, did you, have, do you know about this? Did you hear about this? And my dad's uh, much more of a cynic than I am. He was like, ah, I don't believe in any of that. Your mom got sick, cancer, you can't help it. And he said, but you know, if she got sick now, I don't think it would be the same. There's, you know, medicine has come so far. We have, uh, you know, that's part of the not on my watch thing is that, that we have um, 
you know, options instead of just let's wait and see. There are maintenance therapies now. There are things that uh, that you have that you can do that we didn't have 30 years ago. Right. And that's good and sad. Yes. Yeah, I think that too. You know, for my mom, because she had so many other health issues and... I remember her calling me and saying, oh, I'm so bloated. You wouldn't believe it, but I ate some ice cream. And I'm like, you know, Mom, I know you get bloated and she has food sensitivities and allergies, but she was like, I, I look like I'm eight months pregnant. I said, Mom, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. It's like not something's, right. And that's why it took her so long to get to find hers because she had so many other issues going on. Yeah. But then there's women, you know, who don't know what to look for. So that is one of the signs, right? Is it <clears throat> yeah. bloating? Yeah, I mean, there, there, are, like, there are a lot know. of signs that I, I, you know, I'm sure they knew and I didn't right. know and I still am not familiar with everything but I, sure. I think that um, look I think the reason we're talking today and my participation in this project and this movement is uh, is because at 46 I can still sit here and, and tell the story to you and it still gets me emotional yeah. and if uh, there is a way to um, not have that happen for people That'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Does your mom ever come to you in dreams? I don't mean come to you like you think there's... I mean, for years, my mother would be like, why did you tell everyone I died? I didn't die. And I would wake up... Really? ...confused. Be like, wait, is she... Oh, darn it. No. And even the other night, she was sick. And I'm like, Mom, you need to... You know, you've been sick for so long. Are you going to get better? Or what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then the dream, she died. And it, it was like, oh... That's right. You know, like sometimes I think I trick myself or something because yeah, she missed I, so much. I, uh, <laughs> I'm hearing you say that, and I'm uh, envious. Mm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, get the chance to know her well enough. Mm. You know, yeah. and I'm I'm the fortunate one. I'm the oldest son. Right. You know, my my uh, my one of my younger brothers was uh, nine. Oh my. When she passed away, so young. So he feels um, still is is dealing with the you know he feels cheated. Right. Um, he. <laughs> won't talk about the woman he married, but. Um, uh, <laughs> I won't talk about the woman my thanks. dad married. Uh, yeah, you know. What I mean? <laughs> but but um, it, it's it's uh, no. I think. Um, it it uh, it forever changed my family. Yes. All of us. Yep. My father is on his third wife now. Mind you, the first two died, and the, oh, no. the third one's in a home for Alzheimer's. Oh, and so God, I can laugh because it's like, oh, Dad, you got to call him the Black Widower. He's just that, that is, guy. Oh my goodness! Um, Poor uh, guy. He, it, it's, uh, it's just this chain of events that I feel so fortunate to be where I am. Right. But, but it affected us all. Of course. You know. Yeah. And it's hard for it not to. And when did your relationship with your dad improve? Uh, it took a long time. I mean, it was probably, what do you think? Was I late 20s? Yeah. 20, yeah. 27. Yeah, 27, 28. You know, my dad, um, he, like me, is, is headstrong and stubborn. And, and I said, fuck you. And he said, well, you're not coming back. And, and that was wow. sort of the end of it. And, uh, and I really decided I was going to make it without help, without him. And, uh, and I think he... We've talked about it since, and he was wrecked, as was I, um, with the loss of contact. But 
I talk to him once a week now. You know, That's we're so nice. close. He's looking at a retirement community near my home in Los Angeles. He's going to move there hopefully in the next year. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we we are. Um, I mean, my wife would tell you, uh, he never sees his grandkids, but <laughs> but uh, uh, that's just my wife. Right. Um, it took a while. Right. Uh, and there are there are still. Um, uh, I think we've gotten past most of them, but there are still uh, resentments on both sides right. um, I was not easy I was a troubled wounded teenager lashing out and he was a, um, a fairly non-empathetic father um, but you know we were all worried about ourselves right. uh, whether that, that's right or wrong I was hurting he was hurting and we, we were at the age where um, where it was easier to uh, to try to Self-preservation was easier than right. than dealing with uh, someone else's trouble. Exactly. You know? you know, I only have a, like a minute left with you. I just have to say, your new show is fantastic. Hey, thank you. Oh my gosh, so fun. My oh my husband God, and I love it. Said, I'm not really going to cry. No, no, I might cry because it's so good. <laughs> I'm glad you guys liked it. <laughs> yeah. We tried really hard. You no, know? I mean, your character is so, I just, he's so likable. Thank you. And just the humor. That, with well, the action, with the like, it's I love humor. It was and important it's to me. Very, yeah. Especially coming off a show job. that was as as serious as Scandal was. Right. Um, I, I've always loved show. comedy. I, mm-hmm. I, for me, you know, there are some act- actors who like being tortured and living that life, and right. really, fa- I don't. Yeah. I got why I got kids. I want to come <laughs> home and turn my work off, and and uh, this is a much more fun show it's, for me yes. just emotionally to do mm-hmm. um, the action's tough you know uh, yeah uh, I was gonna say I, I love mean, it you're in great shape uh, thank you I love it but I am I am um, bruised and banged up and tired and sore most of the time um, <laughs> and it's so funny my wife has a role in the show and she had to yeah. do a fight scene and she started in episode six or seven so I've been doing it for three or four months yeah. and she came home after a fight scene she's like I, don't, I think something's wrong. And I was like, yeah, yeah you did a fight scene. She's like, but it shouldn't, we're faking. And I was like, no, you're, well, you're not getting hit, but you're actually still, throwing, sometimes right. it hurts more to like throw a punch and not actually throw a punch. Because yeah, you can pull something. Because you pull you like, out. Oh. Oh, man. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great show. We it's wanted so to sort of model it after the, um, uh, the shows that I grew up watching in the 80s, the Remington Steels. Oh my God, I love and, Remington uh, Steel. And Matt Houston and Heart to Heart and Moonlighting and, you know, like yeah, we're like yeah. What totally. happened? What happened to those light one-hour shows? Those were fantastic. I don't well, get that's it. yeah. See, I think that's why. And I have to. I mentioned this at the beginning before we were taping the pole felicity thing. One look at your green eyes. I don't understand how she never just went for you You're very the whole kind. time. You're very kind. I think uh, there was obviously something wrong with her because she cut her hair, so she was uh, she was not in her right mind <laughs> to, to make a to make a good talk choice. Talk about a scandal, right? Well, the way to bring that around, right? Well, well done. Thank you. Thank you for listening to It's Your Health Radio. You can find It's Your Health. Just ask David. Talk fitness today, talk healthy today, and naturally savvy radio all by going to www.itsyourhealthwithlisadavis.com. Again, It's Your Health 
with lisadavis.com. You'll find everything you need there. And be sure to pick up my book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. It's a memoir. It's a cookbook. It's a healthy lifestyle guide. It is not about dirty sex. It's funny and it's full of practical advice from over 40 top experts in the fields of medicine, nutrition, fitness, psychology, sexology. There are also 50 recipes. So I hope you check it out. You can find it by going to www.cleaneatingdirtysex.com. Thanks for listening.